Talk Recorded live. I am IR a mutant. It took it like four minutes to say connecting the call or joining the call, and then you are unmuted. Yeah. I went. I got on right away. But maybe it's my phone and everything is catching up to my hickness and slowing down to my pace. Well, at least I'm making some forward progress. I got a keyboard yesterday to replace the one that got destroyed by my iguana, so more more trying to get the uh, secondary computer up and running going on here. Yeah, I've got a new keyboard here. If you want, I can send it to you. Yeah, I just like I said, I just got one now. So yeah, but in case your iguana does it again, I've got one brand spanking new in the box here. It's nothing special, but it's just a good. Windows keyboard. Yeah. Well, hopefully I should be good for now. I'm planning on getting a cage to put him in once I ever start making some money again here. You should quit screwing with me. Hopefully. I'll get my own website up. Screw tube can screw themselves. All right, where is the notebook? There it is. Oh, it's not horrible here today. It's uh, 51 and sunny. Sunny would be nice. Yeah, we said. Well, we've had like mostly overcast for about a week and a half now. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since we've seen the sun. It's been warm here, though. We don't even have any snow left. It's green grass now. That's going to suck if it does turn off cold again. Kill everything that's starting to bloom and bud. Yeah, we're toward the end of March now, so it's not going to get that cold again. Oh, there's the sun. It came out again. It's only got three, three deer in the backyard today. They're all wandering around another side of spring. Only three deer. Only three. In the year. five or six. They like to yard up here, apparently, during the winter, because they do it every winter. Yeah. Uh, I was up until about five, so I'm just kind of like getting going here. Yeah, it's all right. I'm... Not doing super splendiferous myself, but we'll get this this one. There there might be a couple of these. There's a whole bunch more that I just in the first one that I listened to that I caught that we went on to other stuff and missed a whole bunch. A bunch more than I thought. Started talking about it and went on to something else or... I can believe that. Uh, actually, we did that quite a bit. Yeah, I can believe that. Uh, and I've got three notebook pages, just my little spiral notebooks, you know, the little third-size notebook. i got three pages front and back on one of, on one in one of those of 
stuff. And it's double-spaced and not college-ruled. Oh. Yeah, because colleges don't rule anyway. No, colleges suck ass. <laughs> I'm like the Apostle Paul. I account my uh, education as a dung heap. Well, ninety percent of the stuff they teach is BS anyway. So what the hell is it? Well, show me something that you've done with your life. What are you trying to teach me? And don't tell me you went to college to learn to teach me what you learned in college. Yeah. That's nothing. And that's what most people are, idiots that are trained in college to go teach kids what they learned in college, not what they've yeah. done with their life. Yeah, they don't actually have knowledge. They just have memorized data. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, they can regurgitate things that they've been taught to memorize, and that's about all they can do. Yep. <sighs> Sad. Well, who's here? Done recording you. I got to get over to AT and T and pay my phone bill so that they don't shut my phone off today. Yeah, troll guy is supposed to record later on tonight and then again tomorrow. The guy that snapped off the picture of it. Yep. Nice. I can't wait to hear. After only a year of trying to track him down, I finally got a chance to talk to him a few days ago. Cool. All right, well, let's get this uh, let's get this party started then. All right. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to another episode of World Bigfoot Radio. And here we are on episode number 50. And before we go on toward <laughs> the next 50, toward 100, I figured that we should um, probably catch up on things that got left undone. And the big biggest example of that is the Glag Saga. And if you recall, when we were going through the Glag Saga, this was the first time that Kevin was telling anybody about it. And uh, he got, uh, you know, pretty shook off a couple times and he sort of had to change the subject to go on to other things. And um, so for the benefit of everybody who wondered about those things, we're going to actually go back and we're going to address them and Kevin's going to finish answering those questions or subjects that we got started on and never finished. And so with that, let me bring back our repeated uh, guest and one of the big favorites here on Little Bigfoot Radio, Kevin. Welcome back, buddy. How you doing, Duke? How you doing, everybody? I'm a repeat offender. Repeat offender on Little Bigfoot Radio, that's right. Well, it's good to have you back, man. I'm glad we're going to be able to uh, to get the rest of this covered here so that you pretty much have the, you know, as close as you can remember after your stroke, complete details of the stuff that happened during the five years that you were interacting with GLAG. So I guess let's do it in chronological, Ben. Uh, do you want to start off with the earliest questions uh, that didn't really get answered and kind of work our well, way to the story then? What I did was... As I was listening to the 
story again. I actually didn't actually listen to it all the way through like I did recently. And I noticed that there's a whole bunch of times that we started on something. And when I started showing a little bit of emotion or getting choked up, you would guide me away from that and get me back on track to something else. But we'd step away from that issue and we never did actually get to go back to it. And so just what I had jotted down was some of those things that I started to talk about, but never actually got to finish for one reason or the other. And then actually there's quite a few of those that I noticed. And my, that kind of like, uh, just if that, if that's all right. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, the first one that I have, and I don't think they're in great chronological order, but the first one that I thought that needed more touching on was when I started to discuss, you know, when my brothers followed me up that time and what was Glag's attitude about my brother's situation, you know, when they followed me up and when they were haranguing me like they always did, but it was up there, not not at the house. And people wanted to know what Glag thought of that. Like, not that I know what he thought, but I could tell by his actions that he didn't like it. And I just never got to elaborate on that any. And I'll try to a little bit here. This After, is when you were up in your hunting field where you had met Glag to start with, and that was yeah. the initial place where you were meeting with him all the time. Yeah. Yes, and that's where I took off one day, and two of my brothers followed me up. And I didn't know they was following me until about half hour later after I got there is when I finally heard you know, a couple of motorcycles and they had got glad to go hide. And when they got there, I realized it was my brothers. And they started doing the same thing that they always did, like when we was at the house. And that's where Glag, I don't know what, he, he recognized if it was sent or like we talked about, maybe he had been to town and saw, you know, certain family members. But when he was over out of the way, he got excited and started to step out and show himself and come over. And that's when I freaked out, you know, and tried to keep, uh, you know, Glag back in there, made them some hand gestures and, I think the expression on my face and probably the way that I smelled with fear, you know, the pheromones or whatever they're called. But he knew that I didn't want him to come out, and that was confusing to him because I think he knew it was family. How he knew that, I don't know. But just by the way he acted in that, you know, first little bit, he was excited that they were there and was getting ready to come out, and I'm the one that had a problem with it. And then after they, you know, started doing the typical things that they always did, picking on me and giving me crap and just, you know, being like they always were, Glag over there did not like it at all. It started making him mad. And I'm glad they left when they did because 
I don't know how much more Glad would have put up with them, you know, doing what they were doing. I think his his bottle was just about full when they decided to take off. And that was extremely difficult to try to explain to him. And how do you explain? Well, that's hard to explain. But getting the point across that even my family, even my brothers, you don't want, you know, to stay away from humans so much that you don't even show yourself to my brothers. And that concept was difficult to get across to him, but he finally understood that it's just, you know, a one in a million is me. Most people would be different than I was towards him, I believe. And I think I got that across to him. But, you know, just reiterating over and over again, it doesn't matter who it is, just stay away from people. And people are bad for the most part. I know there's other people out there that in the same situation would do exactly what I did. But, you know, those people would be few and far between, I think, especially back then. Yeah. But it was it was upsetting to him. He didn't... It was hard for him to understand, and then it it was... I think it was saddening, if that makes sense. It it, it I remember it bothering him that I didn't trust even my brothers around him. And that, I think, is what made him, you know, realize a little bit more about how unique the situation was when I didn't even want my brothers to know he was there. It gets back into how many times I've said that, you know, how intelligent they are. I mean, that's a a huge in-depth concept, and he grasped it. It was a bit difficult to explain, but you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. I also bettered something that actually made him closer to you because he had lost his family, and here you are, and you got a family, but you don't even get along with them. Yeah. I prefer to go up there and be with him than with my family. Now, that's what I what I was kind of alluding to is that after he grasped that concept that, you know, just strengthened our bond. And you know, I just, I think it was the right thing to do. I, I wouldn't trust my brothers with him, let alone anybody else. Yeah. And that gets into during that time, I don't, I think there was one or two times before my brothers came up that just being up there hunters or hikers, wasn't very many hikers, but there was quite a few, you know, off-road vehicles, pickup trucks and dirt bikes. And every once in a while, while I was there, I'm not sure how many times it happened when I wasn't there, but there was a couple of times that people got really close. And it was me that was always extremely concerned about it, more so than he was. But I think the way that I acted when, you you know, we couldn't even see him, but when you could hear him, the way I acted when there was another human being close, I freaked out, which, you know, in turn, hopefully Glegg associated that with it. That's how it was easy to, you know, get the concept across. Don't, don't, you know, just if you see a human, go the other way. Don't even give him an opportunity to see you. Yeah. 
Uh, I wanted him to stay safe and nobody to know he was there. And I think that my brother's situation is what helped, <clears throat> excuse me, was what helped with that that whole concept about staying away from people, especially with what happened to his family. And then with the hunters or hikers or, you know, off-roaders, whatever it was, that had got up there close, there's a couple of times that when we heard them, like a ridge or two over four-wheeling, there's a couple four-wheel drive trails that were fairly close to there, and we would go spy on them, not like spy, spy, but we'd go watch what they were doing, and that was more glad was doing than mine, which the curiosity thing and then wanting to watch. I never even made that correlation until we were talking about it in the first episodes when I mentioned that, but I don't think I got to get this far into it, but when there's a few times when hunters were close that we would actually stay in cover and just watch them off from a distance. And that's when I'd always keep trying to tell Greg, just stay hidden, stay away from him, don't get any closer. And I think in the, excuse me, in the episodes that I told that, you know, not only other humans, but uniforms, you know, people in uniform, especially uniforms, stay away from them. And that's when I was, I would take pictures up and he after a while, he knew what a photograph was and took pictures of, like, the coloring book from the Fish and Game office. You know, the picture of the Fish and Game officer, his uniform, you know, military uniform, anything with a uniform, that specific look, even though they look different, you can tell a uniform, you know, yeah. to especially stay away from them. Because there's that one time that Fish and Game officer showed up and that's, I think, what was the kicker that finally, eventually got me to where I knew I needed to be getting farther away from town was when I was up there and I got approached by a fishing game officer that just appeared out of nowhere, probably hiking around looking for poachers and then wanted to know what I was doing up there by myself. He's like, what are you doing up here by yourself? But, And that's when I was able to show Glag that that guy... You know, he went off and hid, didn't show himself, and it was just me and that fish and game officer and just us two up there and how that guy treated me, you know, like he was very, very aloof. It wasn't, you know, some of the the bad ones that you've heard people talk about. It wasn't anything like that. It's just he was like, you know, are, do your parents know where you're at? Well, what do you think? I don't have a house up here. I'm not running away. It's just me and my motorcycle up here goofing off, having fun away from town. But dealing with that, that allowed me to show Glag see that, especially that guy in the uniform, stay away from him. And was able to point out, you know, the gun on his hip and everything. The guys in the uniform just keep away from him. What do you think he was doing up there? Do you think he found your recurring motorcycle tracks and was wondering what you were up to? Uh, well, that's the thing. is, uh, It could have been any number of things. It could have been a tip that somebody was going back and forth up that up 
Bob Moore, you could see it from town, the first yeah. part that I'd head up the mountain on. You, if you was looking at that time, you'd see the dust trail and my bike going straight up the mountain. But, you know, there's anything. They, we had this one fishing game officer in town that would crawl out there on his on his belly and lay in the muddy, dirty forest for four days just to catch a poacher. Huh. They just they just all over the place. Sometimes in their vehicles, sometimes just walking. They'd have somebody drop them off at point A and pick them up two or three days later at point B. Just seeing if they could catch people. The big thing was there was you know out of season hunters it was huge. It's one of the things they did not tolerate at all. But it, it could have been any number of things. But it's just all speculation on why he's there. But it freaked me out bad when, you know, just minding our business, goofing off, and here comes a fishing game officer just out of the woodwork. It was <clears throat> extremely unsettling. And that, you know, I used all of that to help reiterate the not trusting people. And those were some of the examples I used, some of the things I used to help me explain it to him. I remember people asking, how did I explain it to him? It was situations like that that I used, you know, the visual part of it. Yeah. And with just the way we communicated, I'm not really sure how I did it, but hopefully that will help you know, understand a little bit better. Right on. So you only ran into the guy up there the one time then? Uh, only one fishing game officer. There was, you know, not not more than 10, maybe four to six times that there was other hunters or just people up in the mountains that were close. Came right through where we were. It was that one time with the fishing game officer, only that once. And that was the kicker What <clears throat> when I decided he needed to get farther away. Yeah. Because you could see the first, like I said, the mountain on the north end of town, you could see the trail right up the face of that mountain that I'd ride on. That was the first part of my trip up there, back over into the back. And anybody in town looking north could see it. Yeah, probably somebody got a hold of them. Why does that motorcycle keep going up there all the time? Yep. There's motorcycles everywhere all the time, but it's just that one trail right there up that particular creek that everybody in town could see. Yep. So probably some busybody sitting in their living room looking out their bay window. I wonder why he's got to be doing something wrong. He goes up there all the time. He's probably got a steal up there. <laughs> yeah. I, what, the one, uh, do I make uh, a shot glass at a time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very small operation. Amount of equipment in my milk crate that's strapped to the thing. <laughs> it's a very small operation. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, what's what's the next one that we missed? Um. 
Well, it gets. A, I think it's a little bit before that, but when I would make a plan to return back up there, how did I get that across to him? You know, the, how did I? How did Glag know when I would come back, and how did we communicate that? I think I I did a decent job explaining how you know day and night, and that's one day. Yeah, you talked about then, through the little boxes on the ground with the little sun and moon things in them and stuff. And then I would plan on, you know, do my best to get, you know, the day that I wanted to come back. And I always tried my best when I told him I'd be there in seven days or 11 days or six days to hit it on that day. Very few times I wasn't able to. And... Like I said before, I don't know if he was, when I wasn't able to get up there, when I said I would, was he waiting there for me every day until I did show up? I'm not sure. That's It's something that we didn't talk about. It wasn't important. It's just when I showed up, it was, he was just happy that I was there again. But, you know, it was just the, the, the way that he was so excited when I was there and when I was having to leave, him wanting to know when I would come back, I mean, it was easy to get him to grasp that concept and to go, you know, plan on those days, he, the day and night thing. It was easy for him to, I thought it was anyway. I thought he was dressed it pretty well that he would meet me back here where we're at in seven days, and he is always there. Except there was the couple of times to where when I couldn't make it, I told you I don't know why I thought this, but when I waited seven days and I didn't make it on the seventh day, or excuse me, when I told him seven days I'd be back and I wasn't able to make it, I waited seven more. I don't can't recall if it's something that we had discussed or talked about or if it's something I just did I don't remember that I'm sorry but if I missed a date when I was supposed to go back up there I would wait the same amount of time before I'd go up the second time Might it might seem weird but that's just the system that I had I don't like I said that might be part of my stroke but I don't remember if it's something we discussed or talked about or planned that way or if it's just the way it happened but that's what did happen if that ever, if I was ever not able to make it up there when I said I would. And looking yeah, back on it now, it seems kind of weird that I would wait a full, if I told him seven days, I'd wait a full seven days again before I go up there. It seems kind of weird to me nowadays, but I'm not sure why I did it like that. But yeah, with him you, being you, been you so mentioned excited. that. Sorry. You you had mentioned that earlier when we did the show. Okay. Talked about that. All right. And I wish that there wasn't some of the holes in my memory like I have nowadays, but unfortunately there is. And Next, I had 
somebody had asked about poop. And did I ever see Gleg poop? And did I see what he did with it? And I don't know if, I don't remember if I touched on that. I just remember seeing that question. Very briefly, I don't think you did really. You just, I think you just mentioned that you had taught him to bury it. That was yeah. it. Uh, because I buried it, Glag buried his, and I think that that may have been my human influence. I'm not sure if they all do or not, but because I did, I think he did. One kind of funny thing is, you know, dog lovers will know this. If your dog's out going number two and you look at them, they get that embarrassed look. When they're squatted down, it's like, oh, don't look at me. Yeah. If I happened to see that Glag doing that, and I was like, the same thing is get embarrassed. <laughs> but I would I would do the same thing. Like, don't look. Don't watch. It'd be the same thing. Get embarrassed if you watch them doing their business. Just like I think anybody would. But there was always a spot that we would go, not like, an outhouse, but there was a one particular area that we'd go to that I, with my little camp shovel, I had a deep hole in it and we'd dig a deep hole. And when that had, when you'd use it, you'd put a little bit over top of it until that hole was full and then you'd go dig another hole. That's the way I did it. So you wouldn't be having to dig a hole every single time, but that's how Glag did it. And if that's right or wrong, I, I can't tell you, but that's the way he did it. And probably because that's the way I had done it. Well, I know uh, not all of them bury it because I found a big old pile uh, up there on uh, Blue Mountain over here near near where I live when I was camping over there. So, yeah. Uh, well, and I know there. there's been some piles out there that, you know, it definitely isn't an elk or deer or a bear. It, so. Like I said, I couldn't speak on anybody else, but it was I'm trying to remember if it was foreign to him what I was doing when I did that. Or, mm-hmm. But that just didn't seem important. But when he finally realized I was digging a hole to cover that up, and I told him it keeps, you know, the smell away, and you know, people that are good at tracking, you know, it gives it makes it harder for them to to find you. You know, the good tracker would be able to find where you dug the hole, but just always, you know, cover your tracks, all tracks. And, you know, when you do that, it's a track. Yeah. Trying to keep him hidden away from everybody. And I did know there's a few people that still can't believe that I didn't take any pictures of him and you know, to document the, you know, validate the species or whatever, but it was a different time. I don't know how to keep, how to make that any different, but the the way that I met Glag and what had happened, I didn't want anybody to know about him. The attitude towards people was totally different, and I think the attitude towards him would have been totally different than the way he's been re- his, his the story of him and I have been has been received is totally different now than I believe it would have been 25 years ago 
And so, yeah, nobody would have believed you. And I would have been mercilessly made fun of and ridiculed, too. And the, the way that people have been about, you know, my story has just been awesome. I can't thank everybody enough. And as long as people have questions that they want to ask me, I'll answer questions to the best of my ability. And just so all of you know, uh, Kevin does have uh, more or less direct access to you at this point because he's got a Facebook group called Glagland, G-L-A-G-G, Land. And uh, you can go there and hang out, and you can, uh, you're can. you doing live chats once a, a week now. and Trying to do them once a week. Questions. Yeah, people can post questions, and uh, he'll answer the questions on the live chat. So if you all want to know more about Glag and meet Kevin and talk to Kevin, that's where to go, Glag, Glagland on Facebook. And just so you know, when I, they post, one of the people that helped me out will post that there's going to be a live chat on a certain day. If you want to make sure that I see your question, he, you know, in the post a comment when he po his name's Chris when he posts the next chat, leave your a comment with your question, and he makes sure that I see those when the chat's going. It goes by so fast that I can't catch everything. If you want to make sure I see the question, post it. Uh, leave a comment under the post for the next Glagland live chat, and he'll make sure that I see those during the chat. Yeah, Chris. Chris collects up the comments for Kevin to to read and answer questions on the chats. And so and I, I will try to answer the ones that I see that are just scrolling up real fast, but I can't catch all of them. Uh, and no, it's understandable, and you've got more people on there all the time too. So there's more people that are trying to shoot questions and comments at you as you're talking, and it just gets to a point where it's so fast that even if you're a speed reader, it's hard to keep up with it. Yes. And um, and I don't mind going back over and answering the same question again because I I understand that there is people that it might be the first time that they've ever seen it or been able to ask a question and haven't seen that I had answered the question, you know, three, four times before. I don't mind that. So they're, they're, the only dumb question is one that you don't ask, I think. As long as you guys want to know about about him and me, I, I'll answer him until there's no questions asked anymore. Yep. All right. So what else did we miss then? Uh, well, there's a whole bunch more that I haven't been able to get through all of the episodes yet, but I'm going through them one by one and trying to cover the highlights like these. And I say if anybody wants to know anything else specific, maybe they can comment under this uh, episode or go to the Glagland chat and ask a question there, post a question there. But for right now, 
I, I think I got through the my notebook quicker than I thought I was going to today. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything else you can think of that off the top of your head. No, I, I remember something, but it's out of chronological order. Because it'll be jumping around a bit, if if you don't mind. No, that's fine. We just... I think everybody that that'll be listening to the show for the most part will have already listened to the whole Glag saga, and under okay. you know, be well aware of it enough that they they'll know what you're uh, referencing. Okay, well this one was about the bad night. People wanted to. A lot of people have asked about, you know, when the night that that happened, and when Glag came across. People wanted to know how, you know, how he grabbed me by the wrist, wanted to know exactly how. And the main thing was the the size issue. People want to know how big. When Glad grabbed me by the left wrist, the top of his hand was right at the base of my hand, right at the heel of my hand. And his pinky was at my elbow. Glad was, so what, what, is he 13? Somewhere right around there. When he was that age... When he grabbed me by the arm and yanked me up and drug me up to the top of the tree, his hand was as long as my forearm. From his, you know, the top of his hand down to his pinky, it was from my the crook of my elbow up to the base of my wrist. Yeah. And there's been a lot of people that had asked that, and I don't think I ever got a chance to say, you know, it's not like he just grabbed me by the wrist like a parent would a child. It was, I mean, his hand covered two-thirds of my arm. Yeah, I think a lot of people just, if they haven't seen one, they just don't get how huge these things really are. I mean, they reference uh, Missing Sasquatch, Jack Licks, Beef Jerky. If you slip the Sasquatch, or he'll throw you in a ditch. And, you know, it's that, a big that, guy. That's you know, that, you know, that's, that's like he's the, the guy in the Jack Licks Beef Jerky uh, commercial wearing the suit is like a baby Sasquatch. I mean, yes. <laughs> that's a juvenile Sasquatch size. The adult is he's, way he's the weight of Glag the first time I saw him. Yeah. Maybe the same height. Maybe Glag would maybe a little bit shorter, but weight-wise, it'd, it'd drop in the bucket. Yeah. What, what I have found that works pretty good is we as humans want to associate something with what we know. So if you're going out looking for a Bigfoot and you've never seen one before, you want to equate it to something that your mind can wrap around. So you're thinking you're going to go see a big Andre the Giant covered in hair. And when you get out there and you finally see one, and it's not an Andre the Giant, it's an elephant <laughs> covered with hair. You know, it, people don't expect that. This is what you expect if you know anything about it. And when you see something that's ten times what you expected, even thinking that you're thinking way outside the box. When you see that, it, that's why a lot of people have, I don't think they were bad encounters, but the way they interpret it, because they're so freaked out, because your yeah. mind is like, what is that? Well, another good example of that is the uh, possible tree peekers video that we accidentally caught some possible Bigfoot on uh, Patty Canyon here in September and didn't realize it and didn't find him in the video until December and put that out. And then finally it just melted enough that uh, a little bit less than two weeks ago we could get up back on the mountain where we had filmed the original shots and do some comparison shots and see if there's anything there. And 
as it turned out, two of them, one was a shadow and one was like some kind of a bush or a stump or something. We found it in comparison footage. But the one in the middle, suspect number two, uh, it ain't there no more. So I went and stood in the same place, and, you know, it's like this it's giant Bigfoot-shaped thing that was standing there. And, uh, man, when I'm standing in the same place and it was a comparison picture of where he where he was uh, and where I'm standing in the same place, again, it's just like what Kevin was just saying. It's like an elephant. It's freaking huge. I'm six foot tall. I'm standing there with my arms straight up in the comparison shot. And when you overlay them and look at the two, I'm not even touching his shoulder at nine feet. Yes. And he's wide. He's no tall, skinny beanpole. He's built like the Incredible Hulk. He's massive and probably 11 feet. Yes. And, oh, man, that thing is big. Yeah, and, and you know, every time I look at it, it scares me. <laughs> he, he was right there. Behind and right there, yep. And when we were up there doing the comparison shots, they were right up there then, too. Yep. And when I'm through a little boulder, a little mini boulder, a little baseball-sized rocket, Jeff, to get his attention, and went boom into the hillside and rolled down right past him. And, you know, right away, instead of getting freaked out, he's like, oh, yeah, Bigfoot throw rocks. It must be around here. And <laughs> yeah, there's one three feet behind you in a picture that you had just taken. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, uh, one of our, uh, Corey, uh, one of our... Uh, uh, members of my group actually within an hour or so of me posting comparison shots took one took a closer look at it and went hey there's a bigfoot behind you photobombing you in this picture and like what well we took several shots of me with like one arm up and one with my arms outstretched and one with just my arms down and stuff all within a few seconds of each other so we had comparison shots from the same angle and everything to take a look at and uh, the the other one that I sent to him, again, he found the face in the same place, except this time it was turned at a different angle, looking in a, in a different direction. So <laughs> Shadows don't well, turn their head. Uh, yeah, that was pretty creepy. <laughs> he was probably like about 20 feet behind me, standing behind his tree watching me. Oh, what's he doing? He's over there in the same place as Mr. Big was the last time they were up here. <laughs> God. Yep. So, yeah, they're stealthy the beyond the beyond. Gigantic and still stealthy. Yep. That's, you know, one thing I always tried to get across is natural abilities. Your mind can't comprehend their natural abilities. How fast they can move, how quiet they can be, how still they can stand. You could walk yeah, right up to one are. and not, you could run into it and not know you run into it. Think it's a treat. Yeah. Well, yeah, and there's plenty of reports of people doing that, practically walking right into them, being like five, ten feet away from it, and all of a sudden it moves. And oh no, that's not a huge stump or a tree or something. There's there's a critter right there. Oh my God, you know. That that big, you know, uh, oak tree stump that's sitting there that's about twelve feet tall gets up and walks away. Yeah, that's that's uh, definitely a bit of a heart-stopping moment when that kind of stuff kind of happens. I think and you the, never the get thing that really it. got the thing that got me about the face in the, behind me that he, that uh, Corey found was that the uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I think you know you probably heard the story about when uh, I was 
to 2015, I was about a half a mile away from there, and I was going up to my camp, and uh, uh, there was a stump there, and I had just got done watching something about pareidolia, and I went, wow, that stump looks like it has a face on it. Awesome. I want to get a picture of it. And as I reached for my camera and my little hip pouch, the uh, face on the stump suddenly glared at me, and I went, oh, crap, that's not a stump. <laughs> and it was like 60 feet away from me, and I'm like, I'm not going to take a picture. I don't think he likes this idea. So I just suddenly decided to pretend that I really didn't see the face suddenly glaring at me, and I just kind of kept walking and went to camp and hoped that he wouldn't uh, be uh, angry about me having busted him pretending to be a stump. But it was just funny. It was like I looked at him, and I go, damn, that stump looks like it has a face on it. And I go to reach for my camera, and all of a sudden the angle of the eyebrows on the face changes, and it starts glaring at me. And I realized that, you know, A, that's not a stump. And, of course, you know, I wasn't getting mind speak from him or anything, but if I was, it would have been an exchange like, hey, that looks like a stump. I'm going to get a picture of it. I'm a stump. Holy crap, that stump has a face on it. Dude, I'm a stump. Okay, you're a stump. I'm going back to my camp. <laughs> Put your camera away. I'm just a stump. Okay, yes, that's Mr. Stump. I'm not taking, you know, you're close enough that you could take about three steps and be here and clobber me. <laughs> so I'm not going to try and take your picture. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm just going to pretend that you're a stump. Mm-hmm. Wait, I am a stump. Yep. That's right, you're a stump. I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue on now. You convinced me. That glare made me absolutely convinced that you're a stump. That low rumble <coughs> from deep in the bowels of the stump convinced yeah. me that you're just a stump. Well, what I was gonna say is that the, the one, it, the one of the two shots, the one behind me where he's sort of looking at me, that's the face before it glared at me. So I think maybe it really, it was the same one that was pretending to be a stump three years earlier that was standing yeah. behind me watching me doing the comparison shot. <laughs> and by the way, I well, give him a nickname. I call him Glowers. Glowers. He's, he's good at glowering. <laughs> like, what's that guy doing back up here again? Yeah. Well, I'm we only show up every few months, and then we'll just walk around and look at their tree structures and take pictures of them, and then we'll kind of leave again. <laughs> so I'm sure we got their attention go and find all the new stuff that they've built and they're like, dang it, now i got to go buy, build new stuff. Yeah, well I'm sure what's got their attention is that we figured out how to find, go from one structure to another, you know. Which yep. ones are the trail markers? Oh, there's something over here and then we'll walk right over to it or we'll find an actual, you know, trail that they've used enough that there's still impressions of their feet on there and you can tell it's not a normal game trail and it's not something humans have been walking on. And, uh, you know, so I'm sure they got their little sentinels following us around while we're doing all this going, well, these humans apparently know that we are making these and are following our trails. Who the hell are these guys, you know? So I'm all sure right, we got boss, what attention. do we do now? Yeah. And we never do anything else, though. We don't bring them anything. We don't bother them. We don't try and make any whoops or anything. We're nice and quiet. We just walk in, take pictures, leave again. <laughs> What's up with these people not trying to do anything? They're just... Pictures of my sticks. Yeah, it's like they know that we're here, but that's as far as they're they're going with anything. (laughs) These people don't make sense. There's something wrong with them. See, exactly. That's why I'm sure that they're like way, way curious about what we're up to at this point. Which is probably why that was that time they were up there. uh, That we actually caught them in the video. You know, they were. We heard them. They were making tree snaps and stuff near us. 
to get our attention. It was like they were trying to get us to come over closer to get a, a look at us or something. I don't know what they were up to, but that's how we caught them on video by accident. Yep. It would be cool to know exactly what they're thinking when something like that's going on. Because <laughs> yeah. it is thinking. You know, they're they're contemplating what's going on. It's just interesting to know. Yeah, and they're still active up there. I mean, when we got up there, there's no human tracks going into that area at all. There's a big, well-used hiking path. And when you get up to one part of the mountain where it turns and goes to the right, uh, we just turn and go to the left. And there was no human tracks going through the snow over there at all. There was a few deer tracks and whatnot, but that was it. So there's not people going over there. And the teepee that they had up uh, last fall, September, is completely gone. I mean, gone. Every stick removed somewhere else. Uh, who knows what they did with it. But you know. And, you know, they put up some new stuff, and they've taken down old stuff. And every time we go up there, they change things around. So it's worth going up there and documenting it. And I'm sure they're, like, at this point going, well, why are they up here walking around looking at these sticks every few months, you know? What are they up to? So they're smart. They're curious. I'm sure we got their attention, and that's just kind of helping us. Maybe they'll get close and step out and do a tap dance for us to videotape or something. That would be cool. Uh, Now, I haven't been able to be out there for a long time, and here recently I've got to go out once or twice. Well, that's fun. What happened while you were out out there? Did you guys run into anything? Did you see anything? I wish I would have noticed tree structures way back when more than I did. would have known more about it because, man, where Mark, he's on the, you know, on the Glagland channel a bunch. He's a great guy. He's taken me and showed me a few places that he goes to, and, man, the structures are just incredible. You're talking I wish about I knew things. exactly what all of them meant, but next time we go, I'll try to take some pictures and put them up on the Glagland channel and send them to you. Right on. There's You're a, talking about uh, Mark Taylor Gardner. And yes. He's got a, a big group too, right? Yes. A couple different ones. The first night that I would been out in years, we got screamed at. I don't think it was screamed at us. We heard the scream. That unmistakable lions were mixed with a woman screaming bloody murder. Yeah. And I, I think I hear that's associated. That's usually a female. Giving birth is what a lot of people said that probably is. I don't know, but and it was definitely attention grabbing. <laughs> yeah, right, because they're loud. Yeah, we weren't super close to it, but man, it was. It was loud, and you could tell it was a ways away. But man, it came through crystal clear too on the camera. Nice. Well, I'm glad you got a good vocal recording. That's part of the problem with a lot of the video cameras and stuff is you may be able to get good video with them, but unless something is right next to you, it doesn't seem to pick up on the mic very well. Yep. So you could be walking along going, oh, did you hear that? There's a there's a couple of wood knocks, and oh, there was a hoop over there. And, you know, and it's like none of it's picking up on the mic, dude. <laughs> People are not yep. going to be hearing this. That, uh, I have my extremely high-dollar faux pro. I mean... Uh, extremely low dollar full pro but it takes very good pictures and the, actually the 
lot better than I ever thought it would be. Uh, next nice. time we go out, I'll take that and see if I can't get some stuff to post up for you guys. And, and that he's he's not uh, uh, impeded by physical ailments, and he he has to keep slowing down for me. But maybe I'll get a wheelbarrow and let him push me around riding the wheelbarrow so we can cover more ground quicker. Well, you need to slow down a little bit anyway because I've seen one video where he was running around filming stuff and he, he walked right past a couple of things that looked like tracks to me because he was so busy going too fast. So, <laughs> And I told him that, that also, and he's trying. He has the last couple of videos that I saw him post, he has been trying to slow down and, and take a, tie, a slow pan around. Yeah. He, he's a good guy, though. I really enjoy Oh yeah, definitely. Mark. Yep. I'll make Anybody sure. Anybody wants up to come the, out? Uh, you can come hang out in my shop like he does, and we'll go out and see if we can hug the Wookie. <laughs> no, no, don't no, hug the Wookie. no, not hug the <laughs> Do not hug the Wookie. Okay, yeah, that's that was it. I I had a bit confused. Yeah, just because your Wookiee was friendly and you could hug him doesn't mean anybody else can hug any yeah. other Wookiee that they were. No. no yeah, I, yeah, just my Wookiee. Only my Wookiee. <laughs> and only yeah. me. Like, I wouldn't go try and hug Mr. Big up there in Patty Canyon. Uh-uh. Yeah, no. No. Nope. No. He might not think you're trying to hug him. Yeah, judging by the size of him, I'm not sure I could hug his arm. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> that guy is big. God. Scary. Well, they do have big ones up here, and you know, I keep telling people that. That on the one hand, yeah, it's really hard ground, and you don't tend to find impressions of anything that's light because it's just not heavy enough to make a track. But when all the tracks you're finding are between like 16 and 20 inches, it's like, yeah, these guys are big. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right, brother. Well, well. Anything else we need to cover here? We talked about Glagland. What's uh, what's Mark's two groups? Um, M Beast. M B E A S T. Yeah, M B E A S T. And uh, oh, mercy! Hold on just a second. I know he's got a music group too that might not be uh, that interesting uh, to people that are music, uh, songs that that kick ass. I think. Is the name of it? Yeah, if you're on MBs, you'll see like links or something to the other one. You'll find it. Yep. All right. Always, he, he always posts stuff all the time. Yeah, MB <laughs> and of course, I, I don't have one on here right at the moment. And I, I got it all Hosting. up and put it in there. I got Hosting, Randy, Mr. Caveman. I'm, I think he's only got the one Bigfoot group. Uh, the music group, I don't think it, it, the, the listeners would be that interested in. Yep. But. Not to be confused with M. Best, Sawdust team, that do yeah. the uh, audio analysis down in the deep south there. There's some good guys, too, by the way. Go check them out. 
There, there's a lot of good people that I have met because of this, and just again, just saying thank you to you know the people that how cool they've been, and there's so many good people, so many people that I have met, you know, and I never expected it. It's just awesome. Yeah. The, the type of people that, you know, it's let me meet, put me in contact with. It's been great. Yeah, and I got to tell, uh, you know, just for the benefit of the listeners out there, especially people that are newer into the Bigfoot thing and whatnot, that don't get discouraged when you run into organizations and or people that are high profile and then, like, you find out something about them that makes you go, oh, I don't believe them or they're jerks or something along those lines. And, you know, don't let it bother you because just like the music industry or the, you know, movie industry or TV or anything like that, the ones with the big mouths tend to get to the top first. And they're not necessarily the best. As a matter of fact, they're not. There's a lot of really good researchers out there, really good people all over the country, all over the world that are interested in this and are doing their own little bit on it that are getting no recognition, nobody knows who they are, and most of them prefer it stays that way because they don't want to be high profile. They're not selling a movie. They're not trying to hawk a book. They're just interested in this, and they're doing their own little bit to try and figure it out. So my hat's off to all those people. Those are the real researchers as far as I'm concerned. Yes, and, uh, people out there running off... away that don't want the spotlight. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I tend to go find them and then drag them into the spotlight, kicking and screaming all the way. So, like it me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can look forward to more of that. Because yeah, I'm 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 all about finding these other researchers like myself that have been out there for umpteen years, and just didn't want to be involved in the community. And I got kicked into it, dragging and screaming. So I might as well do the same for some other people. Yep. One thing I did want to mention is, I am working on getting Glagland t-shirts made there's been a lot of people asking about them and i am working on it uh i don't know how exactly how long it'll be i have somebody that i'm talking to that will do the you know the printing and everything but it's in the works so and sabila irwin's doing the artwork for it yes sabila is amazing Yes, she is. She's a great artist, very nice person, too. And and yet again, another person that's out there that, you know, totally interested in Bigfoot, goes out and looks around and that sort of stuff, and they have their own little bit that they're doing. And, uh, you know, if we all just would work together and quit fighting with each other, we'd be getting a lot further, a lot faster. Yeah, that's something that I've tried to say on the Glagland channel is, you know, if we all work together... It, we'd get so much farther. The infighting that happens, I think, is ridiculous. There's too much ego, is what I believe it is. Yep. And if you take the ego out of it, we'd look at how much farther we would be. Yeah, well, there's just too many people that are in this because they want to be the one that proves Bigfoot's real. Know, and they won't share information because somebody else might get ahead of them and prove that Bigfoot's real. Bigfoot's real. It's already been proven. It's a known genome and zoo bank. Go look it up. Yep. And if you are hiding, sitting on information, I think that you are part of the part of the problem. Yep. 
if you have something that could help, why not let it help? Why keep it hidden? I, yeah, I don't think that everything should be put out there, but you know what I'm what I'm getting at by that. I think. Oh, I agree. And there's you know people that have spent decades on this that are very bright and all about the wilderness, great hunting and tracking skills. Where's the corpse on the table? If it was possible for one person to do this by themselves, it would have happened already, folks. I think it has already happened, and if it happens again, they're not going to be able to put one out there for everybody to see. I think there's a vault somewhere at the Smithsonian that's got a whole bunch of them in it, or wherever it's at. Well, according to one of my insiders, there has actually been more than one case of people killing Bigfoot, trying to drag it into a media outlet and prove it, and it never happened. They got stomped. Bigfoot got taken away. They had, uh, you know, unwelcome visitors all over them immediately. And told to be quiet about it. Yeah. You didn't do what you what you just did. It was a bear. Yeah. Or just, you know, disappeared. Yep. So, and, you know, don't forget there's, like, people that are all worried about, oh, we need protection for Bigfoot. Bigfoot's already protected. There's an undocumented species act that says if you shoot an undocumented species, you can be fined up to a million dollars or do 10 years in prison or both. Okay. So Look at the people. Them. Look at the people out there hunting for them. And how long did it take with the people that know they're out there that you still can't find one very yeah. easily? So why yeah. do we need to protect them? They stay away from us. They protect themselves. Well, that's another thing, too. People that are thinking backwards. Oh, if we tell people that they're real, then there'll be all kinds of people out there trying to shoot one. There's people out there trying to shoot one right now because they're trying to prove that it's real. If it's real, they're not going to have any motivation to go out and shoot one. It's already been proven to be real. Duh. Oh, we've got to protect them from those type people. Well, those type people are trying to prove they're real. If they are proven, exactly. Well, yeah, there's said, no reason to go shoot one. And the fact yeah. of the matter is, if they were that damn easy to kill, somebody would have killed one and brought one in by now. They're yeah. just not that easy, okay? They're, they're, the, they're the smartest thing on the planet besides us. Whether they're smarter than us or not, who knows, but they're damn smart, and uh, they're super sneaky, and they spend their whole lives learning how to be super sneaky. So what the hell chance does dumbass humans have to nab in one of these things, even with all our high tech? It's still going to be super tough. You're going to have to have a huge team. Uh, you know, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. I don't know what people are thinking. And, you know, if we, if we get the species proven to be real, all that's going to do is actually add to our safety. It's not really going to have anything to do with them because they're perfectly fine with us not believing that they're real and hiding in plain sight, and we're too damn dumb to figure out that they're real exactly so you know it's like yeah if we prove that they're real all that essentially is going to do is let the public know that there's this other thing out in the woods that you should be careful of and here's the warning signs and just like you know basic information on a grizzly bear if you're going to be camping in grizzly country here's what you need to know and that's all that it comes down to really that's it don't just let people know there's something out there here's the warning signs if something roars at you throws a tree at you might be time to leave, or, and, you know, don't Go shoot at Yeah. And whatever you do, don't shoot at them. Unless it's life yeah. and death and it's trying to kill you, don't shoot at them. Yep. 
you shoot at them, that's going to definitely give you a bad encounter. Well, yeah, and, you know, even if you manage to drop one, they're almost always in a group, so there's more than one there anyway. So don't shoot yep. at them. Yep. All right, brother. Well, you got anything else you want to add? or? Well, no, I think let them know that I will come up with more as I continue to listen through it again with this, the ear that I am listening to it now and picking up on the stuff that I think I should have covered that I started on and didn't. There's, yeah, this, I think, next, five next more time make sure that I have. got like six or seven pages written down so that we got enough to go. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I, I thought I was going to have enough tonight, but man, I got through it a lot quicker. Well, yeah, and remember, you know, a lot of this stuff, you sort of covered the majority of it. You're just, like, trying to fill in a few more details, so it's not going to take yeah. that long. It doesn't, like, get the yeah. whole story all over again. Well, it was a good, now I know I do need to get more, so at least it was good for that. Yeah. And there is a whole lot more to get also. Well, we'll I know there's a lot we more that I can We don't want to make another ten episodes just doing Apocrypha on this, so try and get no. it rounded up before we do the next one. Yep. But that, that's what I mean. I'll try to get through all of them next time and have a, my notebook full and just cover it from what I have, whether it's at one or maybe two episodes. You you can divide that up, you know, after... after yeah, the you'll have to pack the remainder of it into at most two more episodes because ten yeah. episodes of lag is, like, more than enough, dude, seriously. Yeah, well, yeah. I... Wasn't planning on a whole bunch more. Well, the other thing to keep in mind is that you have a platform and you have a place that people can get questions to you. Yeah, unless it's yeah, something that's, that's like it's... super germane to the storyline, you don't need to answer it on Apocrypha. Yeah, basic questions you can get like at your at Glagland. Things yep. that are really germane to the storyline that didn't get mentioned are what needs to be brought up, so that, you know they they can listen to the whole story. And any of these other questions about, well, did Glag ever wipe his nose with a weight or anything? You can cover that on Glagland. Yep, yep. All right, well, that gave me a lot of info on what I need to do for the rest of it. So, Right on. Well, this will get you a lot more, now that we're turning out another episode and we can let people know Glagland is there, you'll have another two or 300 people come swarming in on you. Yep. So, but yeah, just for for the ones you're listening to in the future, if it's something that's like really germane to your experience with him, then okay. yeah, we want to cover that. You know, like the okay. woman you brought up with him grabbing you around, grabbing you and dragging you up the tree, and his arm, his hand basically covering your whole forearm. That's important. Yep. That's an important yep. point. But like I said, you know, does he wipe his nose with a leaf? That's not important. You can mention, you can cover that on Glagland. Yep. All right, I got you. All right, man. Well, cool. All right, well, I I better get going here. I got to run and pay bills so I can be back here by 4 o'clock to try and talk to Troll Guy and do another recording. Cool. All right, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Okay, dude, have a great day. Thanks for uh, getting this taken care of and I get this cranked out. No problem. Talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.